We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. I would much prefer to be recording this, having a beer with this guy, but with all this crazy travel stuff, it's impossible. We will have a beer soon, though. I know that. But uh, talking to one of my guys, somebody I'm super crazy proud of, tell people all the time I've got some of the best young people coming up. He is at the top of the list. Ben Carr, Georgia Southern standout, finalist at the U.S. Amateur this past year, one of the top college players in the country from Georgia Southern and Columbus, Georgia. Ben going on buddy i know you're headed home for the break gotta feel good yeah for sure tony excited to do this podcast with you uh thanks for having me on yeah i, well, I know you've done about eight million two hundred and forty two of these things since the usa <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess that i guess that we changed changed things for you a little bit somebody was asking me the other day about it and i said you know last year i mean You've been, to me, you've been one of the top college players for a while, like, and a, and a great professional prospect. Like, obviously, the U.S. Amateur changed, I think it, more than anything to me, it just changed the public's awareness of your commitment to being a great player and how good a player you were. I don't know that it changed anything about, one thing that's been cool is somebody that works with you and hangs out with you is it hasn't changed you and how you approach things or how you look at things at all. Yeah, definitely not. That was definitely a crazy week. And like you said, I had a lot more eyeballs on me than I have ever had in my life. So, I mean, it was just a really cool experience. And I learned a lot from that week. But yeah, like you said, I mean, afterwards was a little crazy. Kind of got home and was just getting a lot of attention. And you know, I feel like I handled it the right way. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's changed me at all. And um, I mean... It's just a really cool week that, I mean, just happened to play well. And I've always felt like I was capable of it. So it was, it was cool to see it kind of pay off there. You know, I look at the last year, not just as the U.S. amateur, but you've had lots of, you know, you've had changes. You've had a lot of exposure the last year. I think Haskins watch list, not this fall, the fall before people started realizing, you know, you know, how good a player you are. And, and also the cool thing to me about the U.S. amateur was, I've always known you. I mean, I met you when you were way younger. I've always known you're yeah. a great player, but people got to see what a good guy you are and what a good person you are, which I think was actually the real benefit of all the exposure. Because I think, you know, there's there's been ups and downs, and obviously lots of great ups. But take me through the last year. Take me through the ups and downs, and like the things you've learned, and the things you figured out about yourself, and the things you figured out about your game, and going forward. Yeah, for sure. So last fall had a really solid four tournaments and was able to make that Haskins watch list. And I, I felt like once that kind of happened, uh, I felt like this extra expectation or pressure for the spring. And for some reason, I mean, I think a lot of people fall into 
the trap of feeling like they need to change something uh, just to get to that next step when they might already kind of be at that next step. And I kind of fell into that trap, and it definitely cost me a lot in the spring. And I, I didn't play well there for about two or three months. And me and you reconnected over the summer and kind of got back to uh, the fundamentals of what we've always worked on. And it just kind of simplified everything for me and allowed me to get on the golf course more and kind of relearn how to score and not care so much about the golf swing or just like mechanics and just got me out there playing more, competing more and uh, just kind of like funneled into the USM. I just was, I started to play a little better about a month before the USM and just kept Mm -hmm. kind of progressing and trending up until that week. And I kind of got there and felt like the course really fit my eye and had a good feeling kind of the whole week. I mean, me and you were up there together and uh, we kept talking about how good I was swinging it, how, how much better the putter was starting to look every day. And uh, it just felt like that whole summer we built a lot of momentum and kind of just peaked at the right time. And, I mean, from the whole thing, I just learned that the game's only as hard as you make it. I mean, the more time you spend <laughs> on the range searching searching and banging balls, like the more time you spend off the course, like it's just going to get harder. And, I mean, I think it's something that everybody struggles with. I mean, falling back into bad habits, whether it's, uh, like, your practice plan or whatever it might be. And it just kind of gets you a little off. And in this game, being a little off is a lot off. So I think just uh, just getting back to what makes you a good player uh, is, is what allows you to kind of get back into good form. Well, I've probably been I've probably been harder on you on some things than I've been on any of the other guys I've been fortunate to coach. I don't know whether that's good or bad for you sometimes. But we've had you know, we've had some we've had some tough conversations sometimes where I told you that I thought you know, I, I didn't want you going down the path of searching, right? And I think that's right. a great lesson for people because there's so many young people that listen, you know, players upcoming. But like you know, and, and again, I said, like, hey, I don't think you need more information. I don't think you need, like, you're a good player. You're just, like, I could see from the outside that the external pressures and the, you know, like, where you put more expectations on yourself, like, that that was more affecting you than, like, crap we needed to do in your golf swing, you know? And, but, like, that's a really hard lesson, like, for young people to learn. And when you're 50 and you're old and fat like me, I mean, you see it from the outside and you've been around the block. But, like, that's a really hard lesson to learn. But I think you're way better to learn that in college than you are when you get out and you're your first or second year as a pro. Yeah, I actually kind of – I've been thinking about that a lot lately because, like, every time I think about turning pro, you could, like, sort of fall into the trap of, like, why am I, am I good enough to do that? And – I mean, like you just said, like learning that lesson in college, because everybody asks themselves at some point, are they good enough? And to have that happen in college and learn from a mistake you made, I think is going to, like you said, help you a lot in the pros. I mean, once you decide to turn pro, you know that you're good enough. And you know that, I mean, you're going to go through bad stretches, but if you stay on your plan, you're going to come out on the right side of it. And yeah, I feel like I've definitely learned that lesson, and that's behind me, and just kind of slowly progressing the rest of my golf career, I think it's kind of the right way to do the game, just getting a little better every day. I think the one thing you've done a really nice job, like from the summer through the fall, is 
really staying just on a couple things that we've worked on, right? And uh, one of the cool things to me was it actually was yesterday. Like, we sent a couple videos, and I was driving. I sent a text back and forth, and you pulled out a video I sent you like a year ago. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> One, I was impressed. I was actually able to put that video together a year ago. But two, like that you kept that stuff and, and, and you do that from time to time. You'll bring up a video of when we were doing something, you know, and it's all kind of hitting on the same things, right? They're just different ways of doing it. But I thought that was really cool to me that you like went back to that and, you know, you do a really nice job of keeping videos and things on your phone and, and like of things when they worked and you knew that you did well. I think that's a, re I thought that was pretty cool yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something that's important for everybody is having, having a bunch of swings or just notes on their phone from when they're playing well. I think, I mean, me, me included, I think everybody's pretty quick to take a bunch of videos when they're hitting it bad and break it down. But I don't think people do a good enough job of like writing down their good feels when they're playing really well or taking videos of the good swings and having those to draw back on. I mean, like you said, the video I seen you yesterday, for anybody listening, it was, I wasn't playing well and me and Tony were just starting to get back together and he just broke down that current swing I sent him of when I wasn't playing well and compared it to an old swing. And I think that's important just to have, have those things to fall back on and have those feels that you know were working and we just kind of compared the two and it's it's stuff that we're always working on so it's, it's nice to be able to go back to kind of the basics of what we're trying to do and just go from there well you know one thing we we've done well this year is we've stayed consistent and you've done a good job of working for us to get together even when you're hitting good and i think that one thing that like every college player gets into this i got I got a guy at Alabama that does this now. But like when you're hitting it good, there's that tendency, oh, I'm fine. I don't yeah. I don't need to make the effort. Like we don't need to work. I'm doing good. But like there's a lot to be said for continuing to work and staying on your plan, even when things are going good, because it keeps pushing you forward. And also, like I think some of the best times we've worked is when you're striping it because like for me I get lots of video or we get swing catalyst stuff or whatever it is, like film of you when you're good so we can go back to it when it gets off you know i think that that's an important lesson you know yeah like that's a because from the usm you, you took uh two videos from like the broadcast and yeah. like it's, it's just nice to have stuff like that just i mean because you know you, you know you're swinging it well then you can go check your setup i mean just the simple things like because i mean we talk about a lot that like just check your setup because that might be the root of the problem and just having having those two videos in the broadcast of where my setup was really good just to get me in i mean it just it just sets you up to make a good golf swing and just having that kind of stuff to use uh, at your expenses that's just money i mean i don't know i mean it, it definitely it, there's a lot to be said about uh going back and uh rehashing like good good deals and good swings you know, and I want to go back to the Western Am. So the West, so you played good at the Southern. I went over to the Southern, over there at Sea Island, watched you play, watched a couple guys play. You played really nice. I thought, like, that was a week where you hit really good. You know, you finished top ten. But, like, I didn't feel like you got near as much out of that week for how good you played. Like, that to me, like, tenth was kind of almost as bad as you could have played them. 
or, and I don't mean that's bad. I'm just saying, like, you didn't get that much out of it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I remember playing the Southern down at Sea Island. I remember finishing up and, like, being so excited because I was not only excited about, like, a nice finish, but I was more excited that I I didn't even play that well to, to reach that nice finish, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. you know you're playing good golf when you don't get much out of your round and you still shoot a good number. And I hadn't, I hadn't had that feeling in a while. And, uh, I mean to play well that week while not doing everything right. I mean, it just gave me confidence moving forward. And uh, I think the next tournament after that was the USAM qualifier, which I was able to get through. And then mm-hmm. got to the Western and played well the first two rounds and in the tough uh, wave. And then just didn't really have a great 36 whole day on that final day. But it didn't really kill my confidence because I knew I was, I knew I was back in a good spot. Uh, mentally and physically and I mean I knew if I was able to get through the stroke play portion of USAM I, I really like my chances in the match play format so just just getting that confidence back over the summer I think was so important for uh, the rest of this year I'm going to talk golf swing a little bit with you for, for golf swing people out there the one thing we've always done is so people that watch you have a little bit you have a strong grip you have a club face a little shut if, you know, as I go back, like the other night, I was around the house and I was going through old videos. And, you know, you and I both know that when, you know, it can get a little twisted, too much under and then too much shut, right? And that's when it's not good. But, like, one thing that I've always liked about working with you, but you know who you are as a golfer. And you've avoided, for the most part, every now and then you'll be like, you know, oh, I'm sure you're like, oh, maybe I should try to have it not quite as shut. But, you know who you are as a golfer. You understand that your club face is, is a little closed, but you've done a nice job building a golf swing around and understanding that you can be an elite player doing that and resisted the urge to do what, like, lots of people would do, which is try to change something like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially after the USAM, I, I remember seeing a lot of stuff, like this kid grips it like he's gripping a motorcycle. Just like stuff like that, and it's so it would be so easy to. Like, I swear, I've heard like three different people say that online. <laughs> it's like, damn, no, but I think it's easy to like hear like outside influences and want to change because of what people are saying. But I mean, at the same time, like that's what's got you to where you are. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time, and that's why you don't want to change is because I mean, you've already proven to yourself that that your unique way of doing things can be successful. So, I mean, I mean, just look back at results. I mean, that should give anyone confidence that is, is having doubts about their game or, or their grip or whatever it might be. It's funky, but it's unique to you. I mean, there's a reason you're doing what you're doing. So just trust that you can make it work. And I think that's what we do really well is uh, just sticking to what got, got us here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one thing you know this, I always, you know, I ask for opinions about your stuff, right? Like, I'll I'll pick other top teachers' brains and show a video and say, like, hey, you know, because I think that the, you know, I think for me as a coach, the more information I can obtain to help me guide you, and then I kind of am in charge of what you hear. You know what I mean? Like, I don't tell you every opinion, but, you know, if it's valuable, like I, heck, I went into Vegas a month, couple months ago, and I showed Butch one of your videos, 
and and I, I mean, I thought the idea that he had was, was great, and we've done some nice stuff with that. But like, I think it's important to get, you know, to surround you with as many people as we can to help you get your goal. And obviously, I, I I'll ask opinions. And then, but and we took that step. I told you that I thought the next biggest thing that you needed to get better at for the next part of your journey was to get better physically. And we did that what a month ago. We went down to South Florida, Old Palm, hung out down there, did some nice work with Jackson, and then went in and saw Colby. And I think that's the next piece of your puzzle of surrounding you with what you need to get better at the next level, so that you can do the things you're trying to do more consistently, day in and day out. Yeah, that was really cool working with Colby down there because, I mean, myself and I'm sure a lot of other college players, juniors, amateurs, I mean, I didn't really understand, like, how directly correlated, I mean, being in the gym and playing good golf is. And to hear it from Colby Wayne, I mean, that guy's legit, obviously, Tiger's trainer, DJ, JT, Kekka. I mean, if all these guys trust, trust him to – get their body right I mean we should too I mean it was cool to just hear like what it takes in the gym for those guys on a daily basis to go play the golf they're capable of and I've already started to see some of those hours in the gym pay off I mean just having certain parts of my body a little more activated and loose out on the golf course it just gives you a little that little bit of an edge that you need to perform well so that was a really cool experience and i'm glad we got to do that talk about you playing coming up you know well let's go back real quick let's talk u.s amateur we didn't really talk about that it was a great week talk about how you felt during the week i, I agree with you i got there and saw ridgewood i mean that golf course man they could have held the u.s open on that sucker that day that golf course was hard and it was pure <laughs> yeah it was really good i mean i remember kind of Showing up, and I think I played my first practice round on Arcola, which is like the sister course for stroke play. I mean, and it was hard. So, I mean, you didn't really get to, I mean, you didn't really get to take a break either day in stroke play. I mean, both courses were really tough, especially Ridgewood. I remember hearing guys, guys that played in the U.S. Open that were also playing that day at Ridgewood saying that uh, Ridgewood was harder than uh, the country club. And yeah, just to hear that and and know that you were able to go play well at Ridgewood and kind of keep the ball in play, because that was something you had to do out there. I mean, you couldn't be playing from the rough or you just weren't going to score. And if you were to hit in the rough, I mean, you just had to get it back in play and keep yourself in the hole. And, uh, yeah, to get through stroke play, I think, was an accomplishment in itself on that golf course because that told you you're playing some really good golf. I mean, you definitely couldn't fake it at either of those two courses. And then, I mean, I've always felt like I, I'm a great candidate for match play. I mean, I hit a good amount of fairways. I always seem to putt a little better in match play. So I, I had a lot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of confidence going into match play. And um, yeah, it was a wild ride. I mean, I feel like in match play, it's easy to get caught up in what the, what the what your opponent is doing. I mean, and basing all your decisions off what your opponent's doing. Which there's a time and a place for that, but I've always looked at match play as just another opportunity to go play the golf course. And, I mean, I've always felt like if I lose while I'm playing the golf course and I get beaten match play, then so be it. But 
the thing that frustrates me most is throwing away a hole or a match because I was so focused on what my opponent was doing. So to not fall into that trap, I think it's the most important thing in match play. And for five or six straight days, I was able to play the golf course. And I mean, luckily it got me all the way to the finals and fought my ass off that afternoon. And Sam played exceptionally. I think somebody told me he didn't miss a fairway entire 36 holes. So, yeah. I mean, he played his butt off. Yeah. He really played. I, I was watching the finals, obviously, on TV. And, you know, especially that first nine holes. I mean, he's a stud. He's a, gr- he's a great player. He, he, he played some amazing golf. And you were down a pretty bit and hadn't played bad golf. You know, people turn on and they see your several bats. They think you've played bad. I mean, I mean, a guy plays, he just played his ass off. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, I think I was. Uh... I was probably like one or two over in the morning, which is pretty good around out there, and finished the morning three down. And I remember going to the lunch break, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but like one of my friends, or maybe it was coach, or somebody was like, that kid, that kid needed a break. We needed to get him to a break. Because there was like seven or eight holes at the end of the morning match where he just did not miss a shot. And uh, I mean, that break was nice. I mean, just to kind of <laughs> ice him a little bit because he was just playing so well. And then he came right back out in the afternoon and pretty much did the same thing. So it took a lot of fight and guts just to kind of get back in that match. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was lay down, and I felt like mm-hmm. I fought really hard. And just, I mean, one or two decisions or swings here or there just kind of cost me a little bit. But taking him all the way to 36 with the way he was playing, I mean – I don't know. I don't have many regrets. So. No. And I get to play in two pretty cool tournaments because of it. So pretty fired up yeah, about that. Absolutely. And, and you set yourself up for, you know, obviously Augusta. And obviously that's on your mind. I know it's on mine as prep. And we're, we're already starting to get ready. We're going to see each other in just over a week up in Montgomery and get, get going again after you take some time off. You said something on the phone about a month ago when we had this phone call me you and Jackson and we were talking about the start of this process getting ready that I thought was funny we were talking about being a ball striker and we were talking about stats and you said when you look at your stats even the times you don't feel like you're a good ball striker that you've not hit it well you realize you're still strokes game positive right like talk a little bit about that because I think people get into sometimes like where they beat themselves up sometimes and they think they're doing worse than they are at things and if they look up and they're like, you know, really, I mean, I didn't hit it that bad. And and, and I, there's other ways to learn to score. I think one thing you're learning is that you don't have to hit it perfect. And there's lots of ways for you to win and shoot good scores. You don't just have to hit it six feet all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I would consider myself a pretty decent ball striker. So I'm really quick to be really hard on my ball striking and – like keeping track of stats has showed me, like you said, that I mean, even days where I feel like I'm not hitting it very well, like the stats show me that it's not, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's usually positive or kind of right around zero on the days where I feel like it's a little off, and I'm actually right. losing shots kind of around the greens and uh, on the greens, which just shows me that I need to kind of reset my expectations and especially my practice and focus it a little more on the areas where I'm struggling statistically because, I mean, stats don't lie. So just to have that resource kind of at your 
at your uh, fingertips and be able to keep the stats and uh, use those to your advantage is really important for me because I tend to struggle around the greens and it gets me back into the mindset of, all right, let's go work my ass off on short game. And usually when I start to do that, that next tournament, I'll hit it a little better than I did the previous tournament because I've taken a little bit of pressure off myself ball striking. And in turn, I'll chip in part a little better and usually the scores will start to show. So just being honest with yourself and, and cut yourself some slack, I think it's really important in this game, especially when you're playing at a high level and you're competing all the time and you tend to put a lot of pressure on yourself. So having stats to, to clarify what's actually holding you back is really important. It's a hard game, you know. You're not talking about all the time. It's a hard game. I think the hardest part is to, one key is to understand that no matter how hard you work, consistent game, like expecting it to be every time you go out, I mean, is it going to happen, right? You know, and it's our job to get as many tools to, to win and to compete. So we're taking all the experiences the last year. What do you do? If anything, are you doing different? And, what are your thoughts like about what you need to work on, what you need to improve, and what are what are we going to do to have you ready for April, and then for U.S. Open and your professional career? What are the areas you think you need to improve, and what are the steps you're taking to make sure? I have no doubt you're going to be successful and be a great player. But what are your thoughts on what you need to do to get? Yeah, I think for me, I think being in the gym is definitely something that's going to allow me to uh, always feel like physically I'm capable of competing week in and week out, and it's going to help my golf swing as well. I think that I need to pay a lot more attention and put more emphasis on short game and putting because, I mean, on those bad days, that's what keeps you in it. And especially from what I've heard, I mean, in major championships, short game is going to kind of keep you around far and keep you in it. So... I think that's what's most important for me. Like we were just talking about, just kind of taking some pressure off my ball striking by becoming a little bit better around the greens and on the greens. And then not falling into that trap of trying to change because I think that's something that can be, I mean, really easy to do when you're about to play in a major championship is think that you're not good enough and think that you have to have these certain shots to play well. And yeah, I'm just trying to keep my confidence up and, trust that I'm a good enough player to compete uh, against some of the best players in the world. So, yeah, just keeping that mentality and uh, also getting a little better with short game and in the gym, I think is probably the three most important things for me going forward. I agree. I, I think, you know, we keep you on your ball striking and help you understand and find ways to stay on it better and easier. And, I, I mean, I don't I, – the golf swings that I film – at Ridgewood or from the TV, they don't ever, I tell you that all the time, they ever need to be any better than that, <laughs> ever. You know, and uh, you just got to continue to develop tools around the green. Short game, I know Jackson and you do a bunch with that, and I know you're doing a nice job and, and putting. I thought we did a nice job at Ridgewood with your putty, too. I thought helping you understand that up a little better. I think, got you, you know, I, I, thought you, I thought you rolled it really nice that week for the most part. Yeah, for sure. I think it was after the second round of stroke play where me mm-hmm. and you went to uh, the putting green at Ridgewood because I was feeling on the course, I was, for one, my speed was off, and 
I have a tendency of like kind of sitting down in my heels and getting a little squatty and my eyes get off the ball and I get pretty wide in my stance. So I remember yep. we just worked on getting a little more narrow and a little more bent in the waist to get a little more over the ball. And I remember it like clicking on the putting green that evening and I started to see the line a little better. My speed got better because I was hitting putt solid. And I just felt this new little sense of confidence with the putter and I just could not wait for the first round of match play. And I think <laughs> I won that match like seven and five. And I don't remember really missing any putts that were no. uh, within no. like 15 feet. I mean, I'm, I just remember making everything and was so excited for the rest of the week because I feel like I was hitting the ball pretty well and I knew if I was putting well, I was going to have a really good chance. And I mean, yeah, those adjustments we made putting is, I mean, really what what got me through that week to the to the final match. I mean, just being able to make big putts in big moments and just kind of piss off the guys I was playing because I I feel like I've used I've always been on kind of the butt end of that. Guys just make a putt on me, and it was so nice to be <laughs> on the give on the on the giving side because <laughs> I was just making putts that I just don't think they were expecting to go in, and just having that little edge in in match play is so important. Well, you know, you're you're like you're a great ball striker. So, like great ball strikers, like you you've been on that end where you hit a great drive, you hit a great second shot in there, 15 feet, and the guy hits it over there in the rough, and he hits it up there 30 feet, and then he rolls it in, and you're like, what the hell? Now, yeah, I played the whole perfect. <laughs> it's nice when it's the other way, and you hit two good shots, and you're the guy makes it 25 footer. I mean, it's nice being on that end of it for a change, isn't it? Uh, it was way better. Um, and I think it, it allowed, like, because I was able to make so many parts, like, I was able to feed off the crowd a little more because, I mean, they're obviously going to be a lot louder, like, seeing a 20-footer drop as opposed to hitting a 715 feet. So just being able to make all those parts and have the crowd behind me and kind of feed into my adrenaline a little bit and just keep the ball rolling the rest rest of every round it was so cool i mean and it all started with the putter really yeah no it just shows you how the whole game intertwined and before we go a few minutes left we'll keep you we obviously we've talked about augusta u.s overturning pro one thing i don't want to neglect you guys and your coach georgia southern have built a hell of a program there in statesboro you guys are ranked you made it to the ncaa championship last year talk a little bit about experience at georgia southern while you went there like and what you guys you guys got some unbelievable players. It amazes me when I look at your lineup. You know Jackson teaches a couple of the guys and I see the golf swings and the guys you got. It's gotta be a fun team you're on and you gotta be super pumped for this last spring. Yeah, definitely. So I was committed to play somewhere else for a couple of years in high school and had a had a little change of heart, kinda of junior, senior year and uh didn't know much about Georgia Southern, was on the way to the Bobby Chapman Junior Tournament. I get a call from a 912 number that I don't have. Didn't answer it. There was a voicemail, so I listened to it, and it was my current coach, Coach Collins, at Georgia Southern, just kind of saying he wanted to talk to me and see where my head was at. And really, ever since I made that phone call back to him, Georgia Southern's kind of been my home. And uh, just... It's a big blessing in disguise, kind of that whole process and ending up at Georgia Southern. I just couldn't have found a better fit and a better coach and better teammates. And just really proud of what 
we've been able to do uh, over my time there. I mean, we've made two NCAA championships, and I think we got a really good chance this year. I think we're probably the best best team we've ever had. A lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of chemistry, and it all starts with Coach Collins. Just such a good recruiter, such a good player developer, and just turn, turning kids into men. I mean, he's he does it all, and he's. I mean, he's a huge part of my life. He's one of my best friends, and uh, just lucky to have him in my life, along with a lot of my teammates. So, just being in a mid-major and having that extra little chip on your shoulder, I just it just kind of keeps you working and uh, keeps your head in it, and always it just keeps you hungry. And that's kind of how I've always lived my life. So to to go to college and have that, I got a bunch of guys with the same mentality around me has uh, only pushed me a little harder, and it's really lucky to be where I'm at. Tell you what, that mentality, one, it fits you, right? It always has, and it's going to carry you a long way in the next stage and, and through the through the rest of your career. And, uh, one, I appreciate you taking the time. I know, like I said, you've done 8,422 of these podcasts, <laughs> but uh, I held off and waited in barrage right after the amateur, but uh, – Appreciate you taking your time. I want you to have a great holiday at home. And uh, you know you know how I feel about you. You know how proud I am of what you and what you've done. And looking forward to watching the rest of this year. We'll all have some fun, bud. We are, Tony. Thanks so much for having me on. Best podcasting golf, no doubt.